Hello, everybody, live from SoFi Stadium in beautiful Inglewood, California. It's the Ozone. I'm your host, Omar Miller. I'm here with my brother from the same mother as usual, Terry Miller, also known as the Icon. Oh! I know. It's so beautiful to be back at the house. Wow. Anywho, been a minute. We've been sports junkies. There's been so much sports on lately, I can hardly even stay awake at the end of the day like <laughs> I played all the games. Right. What is going on? We got a lot to cover. Some major upsets in the world of boxing. Some major delusions in the world of boxing. I really want Delusion. to discuss this. Yeah, delusions yeah, of yeah, grandeur, yeah. of grandeur, of of ultimate grandeur, of greatest of all time grandeur. Mm. Some serious talks going on. But I want to start off with a game so fine it's played on diamonds. It's October. That means October baseball is here, and there's nothing like it in all of sports. We witnessed a fantastic game five, which felt like a game seven between the Dodgers and the Giants. Um, And Coach Dave Roberts, as he's done more times than not over his tenure, pushed the right buttons and got it done. I don't always agree with Coach. I actually prefer a more traditional, as as a fan of the Dodgers, I I prefer a more traditional approach to the game. But are you really a fan, though? I digress. Why, why you have you if you're that? a fan. <laughs> <laughs> that would be regress. Yeah, I am a fan of the Dodgers for the most part. Um, but, you know, he pushed the buttons in the San Francisco Giants game and in the series. They got it done. One thing about the Dodgers, you can see a confidence that they play with that they can be down in a game or in the series and come back. Problem is that oftentimes can get a little too comfortable and things can slip away. And this is the position that they could be in against the Braves. Right. Everybody's looking for a cakewalk right now, thinking that Walker Bueller's going to come out there and carve the Braves up. I don't know if it's going to go like that. And not only that, Charlie Morton is a big game pitcher. And he pitches well at Dodger Stadium, which he showed in the World Series when he was with the uh, with and, the Astros. And he has the Dodgers kryptonite, which is breaking balls. Yes. <laughs> a lot of them. Um, with some high below. I want to address something, though, before that. I know what you want to address. I know you do, but I want, to, <laughs> I want the fans to know. Come on. Arguably the greatest player in baseball today is is Mookie Betts, overall player. I think, you know, Shohei Otani, if we just had to pick one guy, Shohei Otani's the best guy, all, yes, guy all around. Baseball. He's the best baseball player in the world right now. Yes. But if you take the aggregate of the past five, seven years, it's either Mookie Betts or Mike Trout. Just plain and simple. These are, those numbers don't lie. Both of those dudes put up numbers, and they both impact the game. It's not really Mike Trout's fault that, <laughs> that the Angels refused to get some pitching or some help. But none of that matters for what we're about to talk about. Mookie Betts went four for four in the championship game of the division series. He played stellar defense the entire series. Stellar base running. Oppo Taco bomb that got the party really wide open in the game in game four for them to even get to an elimination game. Tremendous base running. Incredible at bats. He's the only person that could figure out Logan Webb. Once again, he was the cause of the Dodgers winning the game. Cody Bellinger finally made contact. He got him a big knock in game two. Got him a knock in game two as well. Yeah. But then he got, but for the most part, he's been underwhelming. Yes. He got a big knock, bad sequence by Buster Posey. Mm-hmm. Um, Buster Posey calling those, those games. But whatever. Cody Bellinger came through clutch, which is great. Yet, I would be remiss to not note Immediately after the game, all of the media flocked to Cody Bellinger as though this was some giant redemption song and so on and so forth. The reason I bring this up is because last year in the postseason, 
when Same Cody thing. Bellinger actually was showing his ass. Actually, Cody Bellinger was balling out, but he still didn't. He still wasn't more valuable than Mookie Betts. Uh, Corey Seager either, and Corey Seager got the MVP. And I just want to speak on it because nobody will speak on it, and it's unpc to speak on, it, especially if it's you know your team. But I'm a firm believer that if you love something or someone, you can criticize them for their for their flaws. And I love the game of baseball. Speak the but, truth. But they, got, I want to shame the devil. I want to speak the truth and shame the devil. Come brother. on now, man. <laughs> Come on. Well, open the doors of the church. Let's that's go. Right. <laughs> and there's a problem. Why can't we talk to Mookie Betts after the game? Right. Why can't Mookie Betts hold an MVP when it's clear for baseball people, if you watch the game, he is the X factor that took the Dodgers over the hump. Because they haven't not. Who I love. Right. But they have not been able to get over the hump for I don't know how many years. They won eight years in a row. They won the division. Whatever it is. He gets there. You win the championship. He shows you how to win. And it's not a knock. Basic math. Yes. But let's not act like he's not the X factor. He's the one that's stirring the drink. You know what? He's All strong. the time. Yes. When you guys can't show up in big time situations, this cat comes out there and gives you a four for four. Four for four with graded bats. Not graded even bats. four for four. We're talking about four for four with three two counts. Three right. One counts. Right. He lays off of the low outside slider that nobody else could lay off. Right. Of. He lays off of the changeup. Puts it. Puts himself in a situation to win, which is to get into a hitter's count and then execute and then snatch a bag. Yeah. An important bag. An important bag. Come <laughs> on, Joey Zager shows up and goes down the line yes. for a knock. Uh huh. Come on, man. I just I just need recognition for Mookie Betts. I want you guys to call in or send me a DM or whatever. Speak about it. Uh, you can meet you can you can find us at 323-254-Zone. That's 323-254-9663. Leave us a message. I want to hear what you guys have to say about that because I know I can't be the only one that recognizes that. Well, you know, I've been spring, uh, screaming Mookie Betts from the top of the mountains forever. Yeah. You know, and I I just don't think that the sport respects him like that. He's yeah. a, he's in a he's a great talent. He's not a big guy in stature. He's everything that's right with baseball in the sense exactly. that baseball, unlike any other sport, you don't have to be a giant. No. You, you have to have be, a giant heart. You have to have a giant heart and, and skill and discipline. Yes. But he also tops that off with athleticism. Mm-hmm. He's faster than people think he, think he is. He's got a better arm than people think he has. He's Ozu. got more pop than people think yes. he has. You know, it, it's a it's a trippy thing. And his world and really just... bothers me. I really need to get that off my chest. Well, now that you got it off your chest. Let's speak about the, the series at hand <laughs> now. Now, the Dodgers have figured out how to trick off the games, games one and two. They had the opportunity to win both games. But that don't call it game two more than game one. Yeah, but they didn't really trick it off. It was they an tricked oppor- off game two. It was an if opportunity. You're up, if you're up 2-1, the Dodgers are something 41-0 and when leading after... Past tense. <laughs> after, after, yeah, they were 41-0 when leading after seven or something like that, seven or eight. And this but, was completely unacceptable. The analytics went totally crazy. The analytics don't work in small sample sizes. I'm not an analytics guy. I'm a feeling guy. But even though I respect the analytics, it works over 162 games. The analytics don't work over five games and seven game periods. I don't believe that they work in 162. They work in certain situations. You know, you can look at the probabilities and things like that when it comes to maybe in a bat when a guy gets in a certain count or something. But I don't believe in the shifts like that. Ozzy Albies made the difference by hitting against the shift. Exactly. You know, actually, so did Cody Bellinger against the Giants. That's exactly what happened. Yes. Both times. Uh-huh. But if you're going to live by the analytics, you have to die by them. And the, and analytics, the Dodgers are willing to do that. And, 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 and it looks like that's very difficult. Yeah, but and it looks like that's where they're headed right now. Yeah. Because they're down, and they're in a tough matchup today. Julio Rios is the, is the Major League Baseball's only 20-game winner this year. The winning that's pitcher in baseball this year. Only 20-game winner. And we got he's it coming a, out the bullpen. He's a young candidate. And we got him coming out the bullpen in the same way that we had Clayton Kershaw coming out the bullpen against the Nationals for no reason. Clayton Kershaw, it doesn't, it's, 
I just don't understand where these numbers come up to add up. Well, you have to ask the analytic department because I don't. You can't quantify a lot of things. You can't quantify how you're going to perform in pressure situations, especially if you've never been there. Is a, is a pressure guy. I don't think it's I a think pressure so too. situation. I think he's one of those guys that has heart. He has big heart. But you can't you can't put a sensor on that. You can't put you know yeah. the analytics can't can't tell you what can't gauge how, clutch. Yeah, they can't gauge that. You can make up something like war. But it's not going to tell you that a guy like Urias needs to be starting the game. And then I'm telling you from a baseball perspective, the more I see a guy, the more I'm going to be effective. So if you keep throwing him out there, he's going to be less effective. I agree. I agree. And let's speak about the other elephant in the room that nobody wants to talk about, which is Trey Turner. Oh, my goodness. Trey Turner is at the point where you either need to sit him down I, or I don't drop him to the down because drop him to the bottom of the speed. drop him to the. But speed doesn't work if you're not on base. But and he, then he's he not even on base, and uh, he, he started stealing. He's he's changing around a little bit here in Atlanta, but still, I'm bringing it up because I've been watching Trey Turner, and it, it, he was fantastic this season. He's fantastic yes, as an acquisition. Yes. Yet at the same time, since the playoffs started, he looks lost. Yes, he's disappeared. He looks, but but he but they have overmatched. him in, but they have him in critical spots. He's in a three hole. Yes, he's in a three hole. He was in a two hole. He was. You know, I've only seen him in a three hole. I thought I saw him in a two hole before, but the. Bottom line is that he's being overmatched. He's being he's, overmatched. And it's mental. It's not a physical no, thing. No, 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 no. He don't hit 322 as on a fluke in Major League Baseball. He's guessing. You know, he's he doesn't have confidence. That's his guy. He doesn't have confidence. So many double plays. Yeah. He doesn't have confidence, and it shows when he's up and back. And the Braves, a team that he faced a lot of times, he's he's struggling against them. They know they know his weaknesses. Although he's had more hits against the Braves than he has pretty much he looks the Giants against, against, Yeah, because he's in a familiar situation yeah. in the East. Yeah. But I think that he should either be dropped to the bottom of the lineup or taken out of the game because some sometimes he looks terrible. I mean, literally terrible. That he, he not just non-productive at bats, anti-productive at bats. He has, yeah, crazy. It's it's terrible. I mean, it's it's. I'm almost embarrassed to look at sometimes when you watch his at bats. Wow, yeah, <laughs> because you you can almost see what's going to happen if you when you play baseball and you watch guys and you can see that they don't have their confidence anymore. Yeah, it's hard to watch. Yeah, especially guys like him, guys like Cody Bellinger. Uh-huh. It's such a confidence-based sport because it's a failure sport. Right. It's, and it, you have to get over it. That's why it's such a, a, a great uh, starter for life. Right. Everybody should play baseball. Everybody should play on a baseball team regardless of whether or not you excel or, or go forward on a high level in baseball because of what it teaches you about life. Right. You have to move forward even when you fail. In spite of failure, you still have to move forward. And a prime example of that is Chris Taylor. Chris Taylor didn't have a great year you know, by his standards, but now he's – one of the best players on the team besides Mookie Betts. Yeah. I would, I, fart. I yeah. wouldn't cost them in game one. But yeah, but I what can you do? Yeah, but that that didn't mean that he was going to score either way. I know? agree. I you agree. know, but he's still he's a guy that probably should be in the three hole. But Mookie Betts was coming up. But yeah. but yeah, but I agree. You, you can walk walk Mookie. Now now you can walk Mookie. Yeah. <laughs> Just not for me. <laughs> <laughs> but Chris Taylor could be in the three hole. Chris Taylor could be in the two hole. Instead, Chris Taylor is at in the middle or sort of towards the bottom of the lineup. And he's performing, he's still producing. But now, once again, I like give credit to Dave Roberts because the coach is having to deal with some stuff. For example, Max Muncy with this uh, with this hyper dislocated, yeah. dislocated elbow really hurt because he is a clutch ball player. He yeah. has big knocks. Yeah. And he plays good defense. And he's another one of those versatile dudes who could actually play first or second. Not that they need him to. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Dodgers got to show up. Today is the day that they have to win. And Walker Bueller is in, you know, line uh, for Cy Young voting. As is Urias, as is Max Scherzer. To be honest, Max Scherzer was way more effective than I expected him to be. 
He was, and I think that they might have taken him out prematurely. I feel the same way. They should have let him run it out there. I mean, keep running. I'm sure that the analytics said that, you know, uh, you know what, he's going to— third, third, third time through the lineup. He's going to get gutted. Yeah. <laughs> let him get gutted. He's supposed to, I don't think he's going to get gutted. I, I, I don't either. But I agree. I, are you going to bring out somebody that's better? In, this well, is what it comes down to. And I don't think that you were. No. No. And he wasn't at 120 pitches, although you have that marker now that 120, 100 pitches is too many. I think he was, what, in the high 70s or something he like that? He definitely wasn't. But he wasn't worn out. wasn't empty. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yesterday was uh, the great Willie Horton's birthday, and I had a yeah. conversation with him. He was talking about the game and how how this this version of pitching that they do now with, with uh, openers instead of starters and so on and so forth, it doesn't allow pitchers to – to actually craft a game plan to go through lineups for multiple times. Right. Which thus makes them lesser of what it is that they have the strength to do to go in their toolbox and use all their tools. Right. So potential-wise, we're, ki- we're killing it. Just think about a guy like Justin Ber- Verlander or even Max Scherzer in their earlier parts of oh, their career. Man. They would never be where they are now or where they, you know, no. th- because uh, they got to 100 pitches and you decide to pull them or they get two guys on base and you take them out. You're hoping that they take Justin Verlander. Yeah, they're like, oh, thanks, dude. And they won't. Yeah. <laughs> no. Jimmy Leland's not taking them no. out. He's going to throw 120, 140 pitches. Whatever it takes. Like Nolan Ryan. Nolan Ryan, throw 200 pitches. Yeah. I'm not taking him out. I'm he's going to figure it out. Is better than Tom Seaver, he's going to have to figure it out. Pedro Martinez, that's not, not my problem. If you don't want a bad ERA, shut people down. Shut people down. And you're ace. Yeah. The thing. You're the ace. So... Dodgers in a serious situation tonight. I hope they pull it uh, pull it out. I expect a tight game again because I don't expect really? Charlie Morton. Yeah, I expect Charlie Morton to be on his game, and uh, and Walker Bueller is really tough at home, and he's now on regular rest, so I think he should be tough as well. But the Braves have the confidence of two comebacks, belief, and you know, Freddie Freeman's starting to hit the ball, which is dangerous. Yes, and he's Make playing it. at the house because he's from here, so it's yeah. very interesting to see what'll happen with Freddie Freeman. But let's talk about what's important. Which, Which is? is the trash Astros? Well, <laughs> is that for Halloween? <laughs> the sweet deal. Well, your favorite team is looking terrible. They are terrible. They lost one pitcher, and all of a sudden it seemed like they had no pitchers. They lost more than one pitcher. No, I'm just saying in the oh. between the last series and this series. Oh, they lo- they've they lost the snot out of the White Sox. Yeah, but they've lost two pitchers. They lost two starters, and now they're going against the best team, the other best team of the uh, in the American League. I mean, so now and every day is a bullpen day for them now, and they're not every built day like is a that. Bullpen day, and it's just the they're not built like that. No, and, and it's not like the Red Sox have devastating pitching. In, in no. all honesty, at this point, I favor whoever wins the National League over the American League because they got no pitching. No, and both of the both of the National League teams have pitching, but you know the Dodgers would have to win, I do believe, in order for them to have home field advantage. Otherwise, you play in the American League, and then you got the DH, which makes a big, big difference for a team like like the Red Sox. Makes a big difference for the Red Sox. Yeah, so for the Red Sox, it would be as a matter of fact, the Dodgers have home home field advantage over everybody if they if they, if make, they it. make it. Yeah, yeah, but the Braves don't. I think an extra stick for the Braves is very positive for the Braves. And they got enough pitching so that I don't I don't think I don't see them getting shut down by uh, Eduardo Rodriguez or Eduardo's tough. It's just Ed- Eduardo's tough when his mind is right. The other day his mind was right. Yeah, which was yesterday, right? Yesterday, yeah, yesterday <laughs> his mind was right. Yeah, but he's just tough. But he he's a five and diver almost. 
Yeah, and you know? I don't believe in Boston's bullpen. Yeah. Now, they got that magic. They're, they're sprinkling the pixie dust all over the place now because they believe. And it's nice to see that young Dodgers are out there making it happen because Kike Hernandez is unstoppable. Alex Verdugo is playing very smart baseball and playing a good outfield. Right. And I'm not. And a, Nathan Evaldi. And, and how about and Nathan Evaldi, another Dodgers product. Uh-huh. And J.D. Martinez is just showing out. I mean, forget about it. He's big time when he's supposed to be. He is. This is what it's about. He is. He is. He is. You know, yeah, but this is why it's a team joy. Now. They're down 2 1. They're playing again today. What do you think happens? Well, Zach Greinke is supposed to be pitching. If Zach Greinke, if they could still win in Boston, they still have a chance. But other than that, it's probably lights out. Yeah. But it just I, doesn't look good. The way that the games are going, nothing. I honestly like, believe that the American League teams are better than the Dodgers. You and just hate the Dodgers. That, that's true, too. You, know. <laughs> you don't win 106 games on a fluke. And then, but and but then you don't make it to the playoffs or the championship either on a fluke. So I agree. Know, but especially you, but, from but the I'm East. Tra- I'm talking about from what I'm talking about lost. Yeah. Uh, you know, they've lost a lot. Yeah. They, they've lost a lot. That That's not the same Astros team that was busting them up even two weeks ago, let alone a no. month ago, two months ago, where, they, where they're pumping on all cylinders. Yeah. And losing McCullers is huge. huge. Have they said that McCullers is coming back or not coming? They back? haven't said. I don't think he's coming back this series, though. I no, doubt he, it. He's not even on the roster. I don't no, I don't think series. that. I don't think that. I think he's finished because you can't take a chance of blowing his elbow out for again. Yeah, he's already had Tommy John. Yeah, for right? this, right? Mm. Tough stuff. All right, but well, we got a game coming up shortly. By the time you guys listen to this, we will know the outcome of the next Dodger game, which is critical. Moving on. Huge upset in boxing this weekend. Mikey Garcia lost a fight to to a European titleist. Uh, Mr. Martin came in and put in work. And the one thing I like to see about that is is when guys get their opportunity, they capitalize. Right. He was a gamer. He was a gamer, but we're talking about something that happened where we have to wonder if Mikey Garcia lost his prime with lawsuits and with inactivity. I'm a firm believer that although it raises your risk of CTE and brain damage and so on and so forth, inactivity is the enemy of all fighters. And Mikey doesn't fight enough. But he stays in the gym. I think that the biggest problem. He stays problem- in the gym, but he's not in the ring on, on for fights. Why is Mikey fighting in Fresno? Mikey's a big-time dude. And when, 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 when we spoke before the fight, he was talking about how he's got his sights set on Regis Pro Grey, Josh Taylor. And maybe that was and, the problem. You can't overlook. I didn't like that talk anyways. You can't yeah. overlook the guy that's in front of you. Well, and he paid the price for it. He did. I mean. He I, did because he's taking a major PR hit on this. And, I mean, Mikey's a perennial pound-for-pound pound guy. He stayed at the top of the pound-for-pound pound list on now my pound-for-pound pound list for now years. Now, do you have him on there now? Can't. Not after that. Not after that showing. You can't. The guy looked good, and I heard a couple of people talking trying about trying to knock the guy. Right, trying to knock the guy. The guy did what he was supposed to do. He did, and he was mixing it up. He was in and out. He was he was throwing him he throwing angles. Size yeah, use his size advantage, and you know, Mikey is not the same fighter. Actually, after Arrow put that on him, you know. So to be honest, he's still good. But well, you- and I, I I think that remains to be seen because what he did do was that he continued to fight at welterweight, which he shouldn't have done. No, and, you know, because he, he doesn't have that thumb. Yeah, he needs it. I think. I don't know if he can make 135 anymore because it's, you know, very hard. Right. But I still don't see anybody beating Mikey at 135. He's too fundamentally sound. Uh, after this last show, we have to see him come back from this fight. We need to see him come back. And hopefully it's sooner than later. Yeah. Because they're going to have a rematch, I'm sure, right? I don't know. I don't know what's going on. They were in the, <laughs> they were in the locker room afterwards. It looked like all love. It looked cheers. You know, it looked like it was not a big deal, which was interesting. Yeah, that's a problem. It's a problem. Great fight coming up this weekend. We're going to come back to you to talk to you about that because we want to speak about Jamel Herring 
and and sorry, and Shakur Stevenson. Mm-hmm. This is a fight I'm really excited about. I'm trying to see if we can get one of these guys on to speak about it. Herring Stevenson's a very, very good fight. Um, I believe that the, what I want to top off this this conversation with, top us off. I would like to get a sports psychologist on at some point because it's not just limited to sports, but I'm blown away by the concept of the prisoner of the moment. And we have a lot of prisoners right now in our camp. I have so many people who have hit me after the Deontay Wilder Tyson Fury rematch and asked, who do you think could is greatest of all time could beat Tyson Fury? Could anybody ever beat Tyson Fury? He's just so big, blah, 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 blah. I'm, I'm blown away by you guys with this nonsense talk. It's really nonsense. I like Tyson Fury a lot as yes. far as him as a boxer. Uh-huh. I like what as far as him coming back from depression and the, the inspiration. Him overcoming. Him overcoming. And he's a person of faith. Everybody agreed that Deontay Wilder was a one-trick pony in the sense that he was a massive thumper. Uh-huh. Everyone in the boxing world agreed that he needed more tools in his toolbox or to use the tools that he had. Even he agreed to that. Even he agreed on this podcast. Yes. So, if we go back over the sum total of Tyson Fury's resume, he's beaten Wilder two times convincingly. In my opinion, he beat him all three times, but he beat him two times officially convincingly. And he beat a washed Vladimir Klitschko. If you, you can not even call him washed if you don't want to call him washed. That's fine. Yeah. That's his one elite fighter on his whole resume. One elite fighter on the whole resume. He's defended his title once. And you guys are out here trying to call him the greatest of all time? You're Better. wondering if Muhammad Ali could figure out Tyson Fury? <laughs> Come on, man. He couldn't beat Larry Holmes. I, no, can, no, I, can, I, go down, I can go down the list. Larry Holmes would destroy him. You want to go jab for jab? I mean, I don't think any of the elite fighters would let somebody who's a sloppy fighter beat them. And I think that Tyson Fury on certain nights looks sharp, really sharp. Right. But his body is always sloppy. And you even saw in the first part of that fight, uh, Deontay went to the body and he felt that. Right. He made adjustments because fundamentally he knows he's a better skill set boxer than Deontay. And they already knew that once they hit him hard enough, meaning Deontay Wild, (laughs) yes, he would revert to his old self. And he did. And he did. And then they just went right back to the old game plan. Yeah. So... For myself, I like to see him fight quality opponents and then give him all of his accolades. Yeah. But until we get there, I'm not ready to anoint him the next coming. I mean, it's just blo- it's mind-blowing to me because you see it in sports all the time. You watch a team, you say, oh, wow, this is the greatest of all time. You watch a quarterback, oh, this guy's the greatest of all time. You watch a baseball player, man, this dude is the greatest of all time. Baseball is usually better about it than everybody else, but they fell into that with Mike Trout. Right. And with new metrics, uh-huh. you know, which is very interesting. Seeing that it's all fantasy, meaning the matchups, is very difficult to say. But I think it happens not just in sports. It happens for people experientially. And we need the prism of time and distance to actually make these arguments. You know, but it... it, it, To answer all the what-ifs. To answer all the what-ifs. It's a lot easier to see a debacle and clearly quantify that than it is the greatness. 
Well, that even fight. going back to that fight, that fight was not the greatest fight of all time. It was entertaining, but it was entertaining because it was Tyson Fury smartness. did what he was it supposed was, to was do. Yes, he it did what he was supposed to do. But it was not a highly skilled fight. No, not by any means. I mean, it, it was a lot of bad footwork. A lot of bad footwork, a lot of bad defense. angles, terrible defense. Tyson Fury even said that Deontay Wilder just refuses to put his left hand up, so he was very easy to hit with right hand. Yes. And Tyson Fury's body is wide open. It's there all the time. All the time. Tyson Fury isn't necessarily hard to hit ever. No. So he does he does his head movement sometimes, but he's even and, gotten away from that. And I think that the biggest thing psychology wise is that we're we're gauging this on him beating the bully because everybody That's was, a, what it was afraid That's what it is. of Deontay Wilder. That's what it is. But he went up there and he's sitting somewhere, four hundred pounds, and looking at him and said, Hey mate, I can beat that guy. I can beat that guy. Right. Uh huh. And he right. got up and he got in shape and he did it. He knew that he could do it. He knew that he could do it just by being fundamentally sound. And now, since he went out and beat the guy who was actually beatable, if you stood up to him, now we're, now we're surprised. We're saying that he's the greatest of all time? I mean, literally, even even Deontay's resume is better than Tyson Fury's resume. Which is hard. If you, if which you is crazy. If you throw on King Kong, if you throw Luis Ortiz, then Twice. a couple fights right. against Luis Ortiz. Right. I think Luis Ortiz is a higher quality opponent. Than Deontay Wilder is. No question. He's just old. He's Cuban. He's old. Cuban 30-something. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very, very, very uh-huh. interesting. I mean, I, I want to go deeper on this, but we're going to do that on an evergreen day when we talk about greatest of all time. Because if you think you're going to sit there and thump with George Foreman, you got another thing. Are on. you crazy? George Foreman would put him to sleep in probably four or five rounds. Well, One of the greatest to get knocked out or to knock someone out, and ninety eight percent of the time, he and George could out. actually box. He actually could box, and George Foreman and he was ripped. Yes, if you look at his resume and look at the guys that he fought, I mean, are you kidding? And he has one of the. You, you, this is coming out of a guy who, for his life, was perennially underestimated as an athlete because of his size and sloppiness. Right. So I understand the component of Tyson Fury. And I understand the mentality. And it's not even hate towards Tyson Fury. Not at all. It's respect. Even when they asked him about it, he was very realistic and respectful about uh it. Which is cool. But the thing of it is that when everybody gets lost in the sauce and start talking about he's one of the greatest of all time, he's not even probably in the top 50. To to keep it 100. And especially if we talk about 50. I'm talking about of all the weights. Oh, I mean, top, top 50. But even if, probably top 50 in the heavyweights. So but we can run down the list on, a, on another day. On another day. I want to wrap this pod up because we got to get out to the stadium. But I want to wrap this pod up with a, with a quick anecdote about my divorce from the Raiders. How about John Gruden? We didn't speak about Chucky. I'm not surprised. I'm never surprised when these guys actually take off their mask and show us who they are. I mean, because for some reason in society... Most people, 95% of this population walks around with a mask on. And then when they get the opportunity to take it off with their peers or someone that they're comfortable with, they'll take it off and show their real self. And when they show their real self, then when everybody else, the other 5% or when everybody else gets to see that, we're all, whoa, what, what, can you believe this guy? And I'm all, <laughs> and then you're all, clean <laughs> <laughs> off the mic after that. <laughs> no, but it's true. I mean, and he left nobody out. Uh, why he can't? He went, he went top to bottom. <laughs> Soup to nuts. Soup to nuts. I mean, the guy, why are you surprised? Why is anybody surprised that he showed his ugly self? He's, he's, well, I don't, I don't know. I mean, that, that's a bit of a, that is a bit ugly. <laughs> yeah, but that's a bit, you, I don't assume the worst of people. So, yeah, but, so, but, so saying that there's no surprise in the idea 
that he comes out and says that a man's lips are like Michelin tires. He comes out and talks about, you know, all of the various things that he talked about. I am surprised by by I'm not. I'm surprised by the the timing of it. Um you know how many people careers and stuff that this dude's probably squashed because of his well, own like, internal like battles? Yeah. Like, like your man that, He screwed a bunch of people over, he dude. He screwed a bunch of people over that he labeled as difficult or and whatever. Or whatever. And he had that kind of power. And he had a bias. Yeah. And he had a clear bias. Uh-huh. And and so for me to act like just dabbling in sports lightly and acting like guys like him aren't like that, I'm not surprised. I mean, when I even played baseball in Orange County for a little while, they told me to go to Compton and play with your people. That's what I got. Right. They could say that because they were comfortable back then. It was 100%. A, yeah. There was no consequence. No there consequence. There no consequence for you to no longer be welcome. And there's even if you go back 10 years. You, no, exactly. You know, so even if you go back alienated. 10 years and look in somebody's emails and see something like that, it's still not justifiable. Like I said, you, he's probably ruined a lot of guys' careers. The coach has a lot of juice. He has a lot of juice. A lot of juice on the high school level, let yes. alone the professional level. Yes. When you're also the GM, he can label you getting, something. Getting getting a hundred million dollars. It's a good old boys' club. Yeah, and he and he ran amok. He did his thing, and he felt comfortable because they don't want to let all all the emails. Because I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people who get hit by that Mack truck. Yeah, but he's the guy that's taking the fall for it. He, but he had to be communicating with somebody. Well, he was communicating. That's that whole thing. Like, they had the, the situation with the hookers and the cheerleaders right. and the this, that, and the other right. over in Washington. Washington. Yeah. Washington but he had to be. What, what I'm saying, nobody corrected his behavior when you were having a conversation. Like, oh, man. Yeah. That's yeah, got, yeah, you you know, need to let that go. Man, you need to calm down, dude. You, you, little bit, <laughs> you know? <laughs> you a little bit out of control. A little bit. Juicy lips, just a little bit. Yeah, but this is what I'm saying. Nobody put any kind of anything on it. Yeah. You know, they yeah, just yeah, let him yeah, run amok. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. When you get away with a little, then you start doing a lot. And he yeah. got away a little, and he started doing a lot. And he felt real comfortable. And he never would think that somebody would go back 10 years and look up some emails and just start, you know, hey, let me dust these things off. What was the trip to is how the other players who played with him said what you're saying, which is, I'm not surprised. Keyshawn, yeah. uh, your, your man Keyshawn came out and said that immediately. Mm-hmm. He was like, I'm not surprised. He was a lip service dude when we were in Tampa, and he reaped the benefits of Tony's system, mm-hmm. and blah, 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 blah. We won a championship against his old team, which he also knew well. But this is the kind of person that he would you would think that he would be when you spend time with him. Right. In the skin that we're in, if you dig what I'm saying. If you can pick up what I'm putting down, soul brother. Don't say that to Gruden. <laughs> right on. <laughs> Chucky. I mean, he tricked it off, too, because I think I think this is it. I don't I don't think there's any comeback. I don't think there's going to be like an Alex Rodriguez-type redemption when you no, let no. him come back. You can't have all over the field, every field in the league has in the end zone messages to erase racism. Right. Messages about how we're going to move forward. Right. Be on tolerant. Team, Everything. The first openly homosexual player is on his team. Right. The actual open, the a player that's effective, that's open homosexual is and, on his team. And not only that, the Raider... How Carl Nassimbat felt about it. The Raider Nation has always stood for being groundbreaking, you know? They, they sure have. That's the truth. Yeah. That's you know, the truth. The first they, Latin quarterback. Yeah. They 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 always stood for... for first black coach. Yep. Head yep. coach. The homie Art. Yeah, Art Shell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, sure it was. Yeah. yeah, but that's why, and this is part of the reason why I was always down with the nation. Because even when they played games, the nation actually did represent, and Al Davis represented progress. Right. He was interested in equality and progress and so on and so forth. And his whole thing was just win, baby. I don't care what else is happening. Right. And, I, and, and obviously, excellence. And obviously, John Gruden doesn't believe that. No. 
No. And now he's going so, going home somewhere with all of his big money and just reaping the benefits because that's another thing that everybody's not looking at. He, he's still, same thing. Yeah, he, he's still a multimillionaire. He got a big money. They didn't say, okay, we're kicking you out of here and you don't get that cheese. That's, but what can you do? But see, this is why you have to vet who you give that cheese to in the first place. And this is what my problem because that's why I'm saying I'm not surprised because I'm sure that the NFL already knew these things about him. And if you have a guy that's sitting back, John Gruden's probably made $100 million in his coaching career and his ESPN. Just going around mean mugging everybody. Yeah, putting it on everybody. <laughs> and then you got guys that he cut, that he, he salted their reputation. Right. Literally, who probably have side jobs now or can't pay the rent or this, that, and the other, who still have the athletic ability or maybe no longer have the athletic ability because they got salted up by somebody who was held in high esteem. Right. I think that the, the, the lesson here is just what you touched on, which is when you hear people saying some untoward stuff, you have to check them yourself to make sure that you're right. not a part of the problem in general. And then that goes to nobody's above the law. That goes for me. That goes for you. That goes for, it goes for me, too. Definitely goes for David because <laughs> David has a serious problem in the back. But, uh, but besides that, <laughs> but, it, but it does, though. You really you, you have to be willing. Yeah. You have to be willing to check people. Yeah, and and, and there's ways to check. Uh-huh, and there's ways to check people without it turning into confrontation. Myself, I'm not afraid of confrontation, but there's ways to say yeah. things to people when things are inappropriate. You yeah. know, I think that we go too far sometimes with things being inappropriate. Meaning, I'm on the other side sometimes. I, I I've been known to crack an inappropriate bag <laughs> or two, <laughs> but. Because then we all become censored, you know, and we're not yeah, we're not being our true selves way. and honest. But when you start messing up people's livelihoods, you messing up people's lives, man. Yeah, and 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 generationally, you're, 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 you're causing. I, to really, it's really a, a real. It's a microcosm of the overall system, mm-hmm. and how people entrusted with power have a responsibility to then in turn be fair, equal, and make the best decisions. Right, because it affects multiple communities. Exactly. Like Congress people, senators, uh, police officers, mayors, everything. Whether it's at your house, as the head of your household, or whether it's the head of the country, whether it's the head of the organization. It's about taking responsibility, but society has a problem with that nowadays. We don't take responsibility. It's easy to throw it off on somebody else. And even even though the NFL... It's easy to neglect your own bias. Yeah, but even though... It doesn't doesn't ever seem to reflect what it it truly does. Right. The NFL came down and cracked down on him, but they knew this. They they had these emails a long time ago. I mean, they they knew about his... That's why I say suspicious yeah. about the timing. They, they knew about his behavior, just like they won't let all the emails out now. They know. I mean, yeah. I, all these big-time companies like that, they supervise. They can't be big-time companies without having some kind of control, vetting, or anything. You can't just let a guy like Gruden sit out there and run amok for years in the league and just, oh my god, can you believe he said that? Hell yeah! Well, because if you say certain things that he's saying then are congruent, you're not going to – you don't say stuff like the guy's got lips like Michelin tires. Right. With Then that's the only thing you've ever said like that or it's not a common right. practice. Right. You put some time into crafting that comment. And he probably thought it was so funny. Oh, he was the funniest thing you ever heard in his life. Crazy. And he was feeling himself 10 years ago. Still feeling himself. He's big money. He got big money, but he's got he's getting publicly shamed. He's getting publicly lashed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's rough. Yeah. That's rough, especially, especially with a guy ego and that, pride. That's what I was gonna say. Especially he's all about ego and pride. You know, he walk yeah. around putting the chucky on you. Yeah. yeah, go sit down, clown. Well, see how Icon feels about it. We're on our way to the stadium, folks. We'll come back with you with an espresso shot to cover this fight game uh, later this week. Want to leave you along that line of uh, thought about 
responsibility with a quote from Frederick Douglass, which is, the limits of tyrants are prescribed by the endurance of those whom they oppress. We're all in this fight together, folks. You have to continue pressing forward, and you have to fight for what is right and what is true. This is The Ozone. I'm your host, Omar Miller. We hope you enjoyed The Ozone. Ozone.